today we're talking about running backs. That's pretty cool. I feel like we've sort of been building the hype train and now we are pulling the trigger. It's it's time to rip off the band-aid and discuss why Jonathan Taylor is not the number one overall running back. What? No, I'm just playing. He totally is. But we got to yeah. get into it. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast with your hosts, Jason Shellcross and Alex Krobe. Let's go! Fantasy Football Sackos. It's time again, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. We are here for the maybe one of my favorite podcasts all year well these are this is the way too early version so there's there's still some move movability uh, i I, th- I have some bad news i think i want to change my running back rankings jason you want, i'm sorry oh. I, I i read something i read i read something twitter twitter got me thinking and i think i need to change something well it's a good thing that you don't have enough brain cells to do all that so we are locked and loaded Oh, no. Our rankings are done, ladies and gentlemen. We've just finished probably our 168th video, player video, uh, If speaking of the Sacco sheet. Um, oh, wonderful. <laughs> I know, to, <laughs> to sense of relief for you, but there's, I got a little work ahead. It's okay. We'll, we're going to have everything done and posted, and my goal is for that baby, the Sacco sheet. Uh, where you can find all of our rankings and uh, video links to be hopefully posted by next week. So the wait yeah, is Jason, almost I, over. I, I just want to say that I got feedback from a coworker uh, that um, they're upset that I don't bust your balls enough on this podcast when you when you get too spicy of a take. So going forward, uh, the handcuffs are off, uh, not just because we're talking about running backs, but I'm going to start unleashing on you if you have a, a too spicy of a take, because apparently I've been too docile. So I, I apologize to all the listeners that expect me to give Jason crap because... Quite frankly, he's wrong and and gets a little too hot. So uh, I, I'm here to deliver for you, the listeners. Uh, that is my promise with these running back rankings where <laughs> I, I will. I'm sick of Jason's crap, too. And uh, I'm here to put an end to it. Well, I uh, hate to break it to you, but I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of spiciness in top 12 rankings because most of this is. Oh consensus but if there is i hope it happens um that's true i i i think most of our discrepancies are with the public than they are with each other we we have yeah. especially when we get to the bottom of the of the of our top 12 here we're um very much disagreeing with with external rankings then we'll we'll talk through why yeah i'm excited Jason, for it Without before we get to jonathan taylor oh be, okay. before we get to jonathan taylor and the number one ranked running back did you know that the number one producing running back, and this is per Warren Sharp, who's a great follow on Twitter, doesn't, the doesn't number repeat? One, well, no, it's not that. The number one producing running back has been 25 years old or younger every year since 2014. Can I tell you a secret? Sure. I have known that for a while. I have known that for probably the last two years. And... You give me well, a why lot have you of, not shared it because you give me a lot of guff like it, it wasn't it wasn't the thing that I here. I'll tell I'll tell you it this way. I knew that in a huh. It seems like the younger dudes are the ones finishing in the top like three to five every single year, year <laughs> over year. I want those guys and I don't want 
like the running back, like Derrick Henry, who's been doing it now for, you know, getting up there and injury and the Dalvin scare me. But like when Zeke came into the league, lit the world on fire. AP came into the league, lit the world on fire. Jonathan Taylor actively lighting the world on fire. Like I want those guys and those guys are always appealing to me. And I always, even to a point of maybe bias, rank them higher than they should be. But yes, younger dudes where it's at. Well, yep, I think in fantasy football, it's where it's at. Probably not life. Correct. Especially as a 34 year old. Um, <laughs> that's, that's me speaking. Um, all right. So j- just to run down the names, because I think they're fun. Le'Veon Bell, Devonte Freeman, David Johnson, Todd Gurley. None yeah. of those guys are even in the league anymore. And that's 14 through 17. Uh, yeah. And then you get to Saquon, CMC, Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, one other fun stat before we get started. Um, it's been five years, Jason, since a 27 year old or older running back finished in the top six in fantasy football. Okay. So some of those names include this year who are going to be 27 or older, Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, James Connor, Aaron Jones, Zeke Elliott. Yeah. Just, just, just throwing it out there. And the, you said that's the, the top six. Yeah, correct. It's been five years since a 27 year old or older finished in the top six. I only have one running back in my personal rankings that is of that age. So I'm one for six. I feel like you're a little, maybe more guilty of uh, doing that, but it's okay. I am. I, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, it's youngness is a factor, man. You got to look for youngness and the right situation. And right now, nobody in the league, without further ado, has uh, more youthfulness, usage, and a better situation than Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he is going to, in my opinion, outdo what he did last year. I think he's a shoe in to finish as the best running back in fantasy football again. Um assuming health, of course, uh, but that goes for all these guys. He is the surefire number one overall pick, regardless of format. Um, and if you if you purchase the sack of sheet, we have all sorts of really awesome stats in there. Um, I'm going to give you a couple nuggets for free tonight or today. Uh, first up for Jonathan Taylor, if I had to give you a couple stats that I think are the most impressive is that he had 42 carries inside the 10 yard line last season, which was 12 more than the next closest back. He led the league in red zone touches with 92 and he had three of the NFL's five fastest plays last year. Like that that's just mind-blowing stuff to me. It's not even just the sheer volume and opportunity in the offensive line and everything else. It is the guy is just crazy. He is a freak of nature. He's a bell cow. And to me, he is the guy, regardless of format. And now you add in Matt Ryan, who targeted running backs a whopping 8.6 times per game. He's a no-brainer. Yeah, and that offense should be better, right? Upgrading from Carson Wentz, more scoring opportunities. I mean, are you worried about Naheem Hines stealing carries? No, no. Maybe some maybe some some catches out of the backfield to spell him. But Jonathan Taylor's a beast. 
He was number one overall last year. He, although I will say Derrick Henry had more, he was the only, Derrick Henry was the only guy that had more points per game uh, than Jonathan Taylor did uh, until he got hurt. But Taylor was simply unbelievable. The only thing, like the only downside thing that I could say is that you could consider McCaffrey over him in a full PPR league. Maybe that that's the only only chance to to unseat Taylor is just because McCaffrey could have 100 catches. That's that's the the only other thing. But Jonathan Taylor's in a better offense. He has a better quarterback. He has a better play caller. He has a better offensive line. It's it's a no brainer. It's Jonathan Taylor all day at one. It's you, you can't not take him at one. Completely agree, and I don't, um, I, I don't really see CMC having much of a shot. It's just it's too good of a situation for Taylor. But yeah, I think it's a the the lock for the next pick. But uh, why don't you tell me yeah, more I about th- that? I, I think so too. And you know, CMC he's burned so many people the last two years because of injuries that people have almost forgotten how great he is. At least I think they have. Like if you look at 2019, he had dude had almost 1400 rushing yards, 15 rushing touchdowns, 116 catches for a thousand yards receiving and four more touchdowns. So combined, he damn near had 2400 total yards and 19 touchdowns. That was three years ago and he's been hurt the last two years and it's not like he has had like significant like injuries that are going to stick with him long term. Like he pulled a hamstring. He's, you know, he's gotten dinged up, but from my perspective, it's almost like it's almost saved him for this coming season. I think back to like Joe Mixon last year where, where people have been down on him because he kept getting hurt. And then he finally put together a healthy season and was a top three running back. I think you have to draft people as if they're going to stay healthy. Understanding that the, that there's an injury history here, I get that. But I don't think you should let it talk yourself out of taking Christian McCaffrey. The upside is too high. He's had He had two seasons with over 100 catches. Like, I, I don't know what you want for a running back. He's he's absolutely nasty. He is nasty, and that's why he's locked in at the number two overall for me, uh, not just at running back, but number two overall. So I agree. Uh, I just, you know, to me, he doesn't even come close to sniffing my uh, – like I, I, I didn't even think for a second about putting him at number one overall ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Um, hasn't been healthy in two years. Yeah, he's been dinged up. It's a subpar offense compared to Indy. Matt Rule has not been able to prove he can get anything going until they got Baker. And even with Baker, like, I don't know, is that offense going to go out there and be lights out every week? Um. Probably not. So I, they're also, you know, one of the lesser competitive teams in that conference. So 
it's just the points per game and everything else aside, like he would have to have just an obscene target share with Baker to have a chance at overtaking Taylor. So Baker's like checking down to hunt the last couple of years. I, yeah. I will say, I, I mean, I, I will say this too, though, like John, in half PPR last year, Jonathan Taylor averaged 20.8 points per week in games that CMC started and finished them. I, he came out in two of them, but in, in games that he started and finished, he averaged 20.1 points. Like they were incredibly close in yeah. half PPR because of all those catches. Yeah. Like, and and let the like Christian McCaffrey only had two touchdowns in in the five games that he finished. Like uh, th- the upside is incredible, and it, it, there's no reason why you should fall past two. I hope you can get like if he falls to three, four, or five, like just say thanks because he shouldn't. He 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 just shouldn't. Yeah, I really want to be in the top two picks. If I can't do that, I want to be in the top four. And if I can't be in the top four, I think I want to go start sliding towards the end of the first round. But yep, <clears throat> yeah, you would be incredibly lucky to get JT or CMC on your on your team this season. But that moves us on to our next guy. And that is another elite running back, three down back, workhorse type running back in Dalvin Cook. Uh, Dalvin is an absolute workhorse when he is healthy. He finished with 22 uh, touches and more than 15 fantasy points per game. Excuse me. Um, 22 touchdowns, I believe. Uh, Oh, no, excuse me. Sorry. More than 22 touches and 15 fantasy points per game when he's healthy. The only downside to Dalvin is that you will almost surely have to reach for Alexander Madison to handcuff him. Um, And I know he's going to miss. He's going to miss two to five games. Well, the thing is, is like we talk about Dalvin and we don't really talk about any other running back this way. Maybe Zeke a little bit, but. It, even with Zeke, like you can still Zeke. use Pollard in a flex kind of way, and it's not a an absolute handcuff situation like this is. Like this, yeah. you literally you have to reach for Madison. He sits on your bench. You end up having two roster spots, uh, taking up the space for one, you know, position's worth of production, and that's the downside. Um, Two roster spots to get production from one person. Dalvin missed four games last season. He played a couple more injured, which really hurt me. Um, and by, you know, burning his output. Um, all that aside and all that being said, I I definitely hold the line on Dalvin as running back three overall. He had 15 goal hold. line carries. He had 15 goal line carries, which was good for fourth in the league. He's bound to put up more than six rushing touchdowns this year. Personally, I'm excited to see how the new Vikings offensive coordinator, Wes Phillips, who is coming over from the Super Bowl winning Rams, can find ways to put the ball in Dalvin's hands. Um, He's our consensus running back three this season. He's currently going fourth overall behind Taylor CMC and Derek. But... I just like the value. And honestly, when I wrote that, that was true. That's where Dalvin was going. But I'm on sleeper right now. And Dalvin's ADP is seventh. seventh. Like, I would kill 
to get Dalvin at seven. That's a, that's stupid value. So, yeah, <clears throat> ESPN has him at six, and Fantasy Pros has him at five. Uh, so there you go. And he's our consensus three. So again, not chalk. We're we're off chalk here. Yeah, well, welcome to the Sackos. Yeah, he, um, you know, three years ago we had thirteen touchdowns. Two years ago we had f- over fifteen hundred yards and sixteen touchdowns, and. You know, he still put together a really decent rushing yard season with 1,159 yards last year. He just didn't have the touchdowns. So that offense, we're expecting it to improve with offensive, more of offensive minds, both their head coach and and their OC coming over from the Rams to replace Mike Zimmer. Dalvin's going to be 27 this year. And he's got a lot of mileage. He tore his ACL his first year in the league. And Jason, to your point, he's missed missed a game or two or three or four every single year. How comfortable are you? I mean, I, I know you have him at three, but because of those injury concerns and because of having to handcuff Madison and maybe taking a seventh or eighth round pick out of your hands, to make sure you have the backup to Dalvin. That doesn't give you any reservations. So I, w- I will tell you my strat. I And I will hold true to this. Should nothing outrageous change between now and when I personally draft, my first five draft picks, I will give them to you right now. Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, the two receivers, and then Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook for me is f- fifth overall. Uh, he slides behind those two receivers because of those injuries, because I don't have to deal with taking Madison. But for me, he goes no lower than five. I think that even if there's less running because of the change in uh, coaching staff to Wes Phillips, not a huge concern. He's the dude there. Um, and if anything, that means he's just going to be catching more passes, which if you're in any sort of PPR format, not a bad thing. Yeah, I do actually uh, think that it's possible that his usage actually goes down a little bit and they'll try to spell him a little bit more with Madison to keep him fresh so that he doesn't get hurt. You know, because there are very few offensive systems that don't spell their running backs. And Dalvin very rarely ever came off the field, even, you know, on, you know, it seems like the beginning of the second quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter is kind of like that break drive for a lot of starting running backs. And he's not getting the break. I mean, Delvin's staying in there almost almost every play the entire game. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them mix Madison in a little bit more uh, to, to try to keep Cook healthy uh, throughout the year, which I think would be beneficial uh, as a Delvin Cook owner this year. Yeah. Um I'm just trying to pull up some snap count summaries real quick uh, because I don't think you really have to look very much further than where Wes Phillips came from uh, and, and, and looking at how he uses his running backs. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Rams spread it out to they kind of found the hot hand. Obviously, they didn't really contrary. have anybody. It may have changed. What? It, it may have changed week to week. Week one, Daryl Henderson, 94 percent snap share. Ooh. Uh, week 
three. Sony Michelle, 74% snap share. Daryl Henderson was out because he got hurt in week two. Uh, week four, Henderson comes back, <laughs> 90 plus percent snap share. Week six, 88 or 82% snap share, Henderson. Week seven, 88%. Uh, then he gets dinged up again, misses some time, 80%. And then, okay, he's out a few weeks. And guess what? Sony Michelle snap share, 97%, 100%, 73%, <laughs> 90%, 100%. 90%. Percent, ninety-eight percent, eighty percent. Like, no, uh-uh. There is no split. All right, I West, take it back. They they went back and forth between the dudes. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it was because true. of health. So uh, that that's well, why I kind of bounced from week to week. But it was purely health. And if, if, we know Delvin Cook can't stay healthy, so yeah. you should definitely handcuff Madison with him. Yeah, I mean, even Acres <laughs> in his third game back in week twenty. Of the season, eighty percent snap share. Like, I so. I already can't wait until like our week five or six waiver show, where we are talking about the fact that Alexander Madison is only rostered in like sixty two percent of leagues or something <laughs> like that. Needs to be rostered and we'll, everywhere, and we should and we'll be saying you should go pick him up because Dalvin Cook's going to get hurt. All right, on to running back number four. Uh, and this is my fault because I have Derrick Henry ranked at number three. And a lot of people, do, a lot of other people do too. You know, it's, um, th- this is a product of the fact that he is unbelievable what he's done the last couple years. And he, before he got hurt last year, he still averaged the most points per game. And we've talked about it from our podcast inception, Jason, that he doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield. And the only way that he continues to keep his value is if he keeps scoring touchdowns and he does, he's led the NFL in rushes, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, 2019, 2020. And then obviously he got hurt last year, but he was on pace to do it again last year. And he was going to have over 2000 rushing yards. If he would have finished the season healthy again, he would have been the first guy ever to go back to back. He had three different three touchdown games last year. (laughs) Yeah, he had rush. He had rushing yardage games of 182, 113, 157, 130 and 143 all in a row. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be 28. He's got a ton of mileage. Absolute ton of mileage. He's averaged over 100 yards per game each of the last three seasons. And the touchdowns that he scored, 12, 16, 17, and 10, even though he missed eight games last year. He's a beast. And he's back. So that's why I have him ranked high. What did he finish as last season? Uh, that's a good question. Um, let me pull that up real quick. It, um, the, the sheet says 16. I'm just questioning that accuracy. No, I, th- I think that's correct. How do you miss nine games on IR and still finish as an RB2? Because he had 900 yards and 10 touchdowns. <laughs> like... In week eight is what he had. Yeah. During week eight's win over the Colts, broke a bone in his foot. I yeah, there were, uh, what, five guys that had more rushing touchdowns than him last year. And he only played in half the games. That's that's obscene. 
Um, I I know that, and I <laughs> I have him. We, we've been so down on him. I don't want to even, s- and I just can't do it anymore. I try. I, I just can't. I can't do it. Okay. Okay. I have him at seven. You have him at three. It's. I'm not worried about the health going into the season. To me, it's. I mean, it's going to be nine dude box every week. Nine defensive players are going to be in the box every week. AJ Brown is gone. Yeah, and if they don't tackle him, there's a, a safety between him and the end zone. <laughs> like, I, I so you're basically honestly, saying just, you don't give a shit. It doesn't matter no, that AJ Brown's gone. I don't care. You know, they should just they should just run their goal line offense every play and just. Beat the piss out of everyone. AJ Brown being gone is why I have him down. That's why I have him at seven, because I think that the offense is worse. I think that they are hungover after the playoffs. I and AJ Brown is gone and Traylon Burks hasn't really showed much yet. Not that he won't, but right. I just. I would much rather have somebody that is going to have passing down work in a passing format scoring system or, you know, reception based scoring system than deal with Derrick Henry having 15 dudes in the box. You never want 15 guys in the box. Um, The thing is that we've said this for the last three years. And he's broken that thought process because he's he scores touchdowns and yeah. he has an obscene amount of rushing yardage. And that's why his current ADP is third overall. It's true. <laughs> Which means basically I don't have a shot to, to land him because I, I'm going to take those receivers. I'm going to take Cooper Cup over him all day, every day, twice on Sunday. Um, what about you? Say you're sitting at three. Who are you taking? You taking Derrick Henry then? I weep. I openly weep. I don't know what I do. I start crying and try to tr- like. I don't think you can go wrong with anybody that you take there. The way that and we'll get into this as we start mocking uh, over the next couple of weeks and and formulate our strategies, but I think it's really, really hard to not go running back, running back to start the draft with the amount of wide receiver value that there is later. And so I have a real tough time taking Cooper cup or Justin Jefferson that high. And so, it, so it really comes down to Delvin Henry Mixon, Najee Eckler there. And I think you can f- flip a five-sided a five-sided coin and I don't think you can go wrong in either of those directions that it comes down to who's going to stay healthy. All right, so a gun to your head who you picking? You got to pick one. I'm not uh, I'll take Derrick Henry cuz I okay. I am ranked at 3. Uh, but but over the receivers. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you have to. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's it. I'll, I'll put it away then. You answered the question. Thank you very much. Thanks. Don't shoot me. <sighs> never. Never, dear. All right. Next up at running back five, we have Joe Mixon. 
which he, he's high. We're a little high. I, is it is Smitch high? I don't know. I haven't met four. Uh, tell me somebody hurt you without telling me somebody hurt you before. Joe Mixon has burned a lot of bridges, fantasy players over the years, myself included. And uh, when I wrote this, his ADP was at 11. Where are you now, Joe Mixon? 10th overall on Sleeper. Um, I think that pretty much says as much. He was running back three last season, and he's barely being drafted in the first round. You know what the good news? He's a steal, I think, this season, and a great first-round target if you do end up drafting outside of those first top four picks. I talked about the makeover of the right side of the line. I've talked about it basically in every... Bengals related player I've I've discussed every Bengals player I bring up I end up talking about the line makeover that they've had and it's because they've added Lyle Collins Alex Kappa and to a lesser extent Ted Karras through free agency I think that those three guys are all studs and are going to stabilize the line unlock new possibilities uh, maybe some longer plays for this ascending offense hopefully helping it find some new heights uh, I am drafting Mixon with confidence, especially at tenth overall. That's yeah, late bananas. in the first round is is wonderful value. It, yeah. it really is. He uh, he played every game except for the last one last year uh, when I believe they were just resting him uh, against Cleveland to get him to the playoffs. He really broke out last year. I mean, he had uh, eight touchdown, eight you rushing. Mean he touchdowns really stayed and- healthy last year. Well, I mean, he hasn't been that like he's he's more consistent than Delvin Cook is for, from an injury perspective. Um, so he, he played 16 and 17 last year. He missed 10 games the year before that. Um, but then he played 16, 14 and 14 games going back to his rookie year. Like he, okay. he like you. It feels like he's missed a lot, but he really ha- I mean, he really hasn't. What one thing that. It's very surprising to me. It's just how much Samaj P. Ryan played last year uh, in in third down passing roles. Like even in the Super Bowl, two minute drill. Yeah, Mixon was on the sideline because he he turned his ankle. Um, but S- Samaj P. Ryan was the guy that got tackled in the backfield by Aaron Donald Donald uh, to basically lose the Super Bowl uh, on that on that third and one play. So. Mixon's great, right? Great offense, great quarterback, ton of weapons around him. He had 13 rushing touchdowns last year. I think he'll probably finish in about the same spot because they're not afraid to just turn around and give him, give him the ball at the goal line. This should be a team that scores just as many, if not more points than last year. Uh, you know, he had, what, three different games with uh, two or more rushing touchdowns, three in a row, uh, right, in, right in the middle of the season. And he does have pass catching capabilities out of the backfield. They don't use him in that role all that much, but um, he he has good hands. So, yeah, I love Joe Mixon, number three guy last year. To get the number three overall running back um, at ten this year is is really good value. Yeah, I have uh, I have no arguments to make. I the only thing I think I would just back up is that. Uh, Sort of semi-frustrating at times. Samaj P. Ryan usage. I mean, he he was in. It on, is. He was in on more than three hundred snaps last year to Mixon's nine hundred. So it's basically a three to one 
ratio. Um, but yeah, I was, it's all, all that third down work. Samaj P runs in there for those catches. Yeah. So that, that's the only thing I would change, but you know, that's why he's going where he's going. So it's going to be a better offensive line, better chance for our opportunity for output. I think that he is a fine late first round pick. Yep. Jason, our, our next guy is somebody that I've talked you out of. Would you care to explain to the listeners how I've talked you out of him? Najee Harris. Uh, I mean, yeah, you did. Cause I, I, we talked about those young dudes and great opportunity and whatnot. And when I first f- had my conceptual rankings put together, we'll say I had Najee, mm-hmm. I think at three. I uh, think you did too. Yeah. And I've dropped him to five now behind Mixon. Um, and he has ended up as our running back six. You have him at seven. Um, you know, it's just a matter of the quarterback situation, really. Uh, he is currently going eighth, ninth overall. His ADP is 8.8. So, you know, second half of the first round, but early first, early, early middle first round. Um, yeah, it's pretty much pretty much right where he was going last year, too, which which is interesting. He finishes RB4 last year. So. I don't think he's bad there. I mean, he's going to have less catches just because Big Ben and his noodle arm aren't there. So, you know, uh, Pickett and Trubisky are going to still take their shots on third down and not just check it down as much as Ben right. was. But... Najee Harris is a bona fide workhorse. There is no question about Samaj P. Ryan being in on third down. Like there is, <laughs> there is none of that. Like Najee Harris is going to have every single carry that he can be upright for physically. Like, yeah, that, that's that's what the deal is going to be. It's just going to not always be a pretty offense in Pittsburgh, which hurts because. Uh, I did live in Pennsylvania for a time near Pittsburgh, uh, and I love the Steelers, but I just, I want, I want, I want to draft Najee next year. Like once the QB situation is solidified, there's not going to be a a rumor, you know, throughout the season. And if you haven't listened to, if you haven't purchased the Sacco sheet yet, you should. Uh, and hear our analysis of these quarterbacks in Pittsburgh, because I think that there's a pretty clear transitionary time, or at least a period in their schedule that is ripe for transition from uh, Trubisky to Pickett. But I just, I don't know what that's going to do to Najee. There's going to be some inconsistency, and it may not always be pretty. Even with all that usage, this is strictly a we don't like their offense that much, and so you just have to downgrade him because you have to. Like, period. We like basically all the offenses more. We like Indianapolis's offense more. Christian McCaffrey's just a beast. He's almost offense proof. Dalvin Cook, way better offense. Joe Mixon, way better offense. He Najee was was crazy last year. He was only one of two players with over 300 rushing attempts, uh, only behind Jonathan Taylor. He was only one of four guys that have over 1,200 rushing yards. He had so many targets 
that he had the most touches in football when you combine the catches with the rushing yards. And now Trubisky is going to theoretically torpedo him unless Trubisky is actually talented where he was taken in the draft at number two overall. But I would just let somebody else deal with it because I I just don't think they're going to score that many points. I can see them playing ball control, letting their defense win them games and just play messy games. Right. And that's all those checkdowns from Big Ben to Najee. I just there's just not going to be as many of them. They're they're just there just won't be. No, I think half of those evaporate and then what's left. And the box will be stacked until either Pickett or, Trub- Pickett or Trubisky can beat the box. And now he's not going to have anywhere to run. And it's just, again, it's just... And the, and the Steelers' offensive line isn't that good, which is why Ben was th- was throwing the ball in one second last year. And exclusively like, out of the shotgun position. Right. So... Yeah, there's just a bunch of red flags here for us. That's not to say Najee can't finish his RB1. I, the, the, the touches might be there again. There's a world where he does. There is a world where Trubisky has learned and improved and is now a, you know, decent NFL quarterback and can get through the picket learning season and picket stays on the bench. And if that happens, yeah, Najee can f- absolutely finish his running back one overall. It's just in the range of outcomes or the what I'm a if I'm a betting man, I'm not putting my my money on that. Yeah. And those that brutal workload and you can say the same thing for Jonathan Taylor having that many touches. There's only one guy that's that's really been able to sustain continued success with that many touches is Derek Henry, who finally got hurt last year. So that's uh, that big a workload is. Somewhat concerning, just just from my perspective. Moving on to our next running back, we have uh, the one, the only, Mister Auckland Austin Eckler. Excuse me, and you know what? He when was you, he was so great last year. Yeah. Well, also, I'd like to take a quick moment to pat ourselves on the back. Uh, not often we get to do that, um, but True. when you're right, you're right. And when it came to Austin Eckler last season, we were right. Uh, we hit the uh, proverbial fantasy football sacco nail on the head in 2021. Uh, he was a controversial pick last year for us to finish in the top six. And yes, that was a call that we made going into last season. Um he finishes running back too and half PPR scoring. Alex and I still both like love Austin Eckler again this season, but neither one of us is as bullish on him this year. Me, especially uh, as I was last year because of the drafting of the one and only Isaiah Spiller in round four of April's draft. Spiller is a beast. He's six foot tall, 220 pounds. He will absolutely run through your face. Uh, I (laughs) will not be surprised at all if Eckler starts to lose out on short yardage and goal line situations in favor of Spiller, especially as the season moves on. Um, I have him down behind Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, and Najee. 
I still think he's going to have huge weeks and be a PPR superstar. Um, so you e- want to be a PPR superstar? <laughs> but even the team is signaling that they don't want to give Eckler that kind of workload again this season. So I'm moving him down. He might end up slipping down a little bit further depending on the preseason wow. showing for Spiller. Yeah, like if, if Spiller comes out in the preseason and is an absolute beast, I'm going to move Eckler down more. I don't think you can move him any further down than eight. I that's that's already pushing it in my mind. So the fact that Eckler had 20, 20 touchdowns last year is shocking. I would yeah. What do you think right. the line is for Eckler touchdowns? 12, 12? That's the line? Would you go yeah. over? Uh no, I don't think so. Okay. Like he he had eight receiving touchdowns, twelve rushing touchdowns. That never happens just, again in his career. I, yeah. I mean he he had he had two hundred carries, nine hundred and eleven yards, twelve rushing touchdowns. Yeah, that I thought just it was seems, a gutsy call when we made it last year, and then I thought he even outperformed our gutsy call. Yeah, it should be noted. I had him at four. You had him at six. So oh, my God. You're wow. You're Congratulations, Alex. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now, I um, this is an offense that I think is just going to continue to throw the ball more. It's going to be in that wild AFC West. Herbert has another year of slinging it, dinging it. It's going to be great. And so I, to your point, I think the Spiller comment is a good one. And Eckler is going to be 27 this year. He's got some mileage. Now, Melvin Gordon kind of mitigated some of that the first couple of years. And he was the workhorse last year, but yeah, they're just it's a vibe, right? It, it, so some of it is analysis by paralysis, and or paralysis by analysis, and some of it like you just kind of go with your gut, right? Like we don't feel the same way about Eckler this year as we did last year for whatever reason, because of because of Spiller is the biggest reason. Alex, Alex, can I ask you a very important question? Sure. How old are you? I am thirty four, Jason. And you, you say vibe? I said what? You, you say vibe? That's a, It's yeah. a vibe? No, you, you get a vibe off of people. Like you have feelings. You have a gut feeling. Uh, it's a I vibe. Just, I thought it was like 16-year-olds say vibe. I didn't know that we were saying vibe. No, that's okay. not weird, is okay. it? I don't know. I'm just I'm asking the question. I mean, I'm not coming on the podcast you, and saying cap or no cap, even though I named my son Kaplan. Do like, you say does, mid? Does that count? No. <laughs> God. God, no. That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, you say like, slinging it, dinging it, and I didn't know if that was dumb or not. <laughs> um, uh, slinging the, and dinging analysis. Every, t- every, I feel like there's at least one thing a year, like in mid is definitely that this year where it's just like, that's absurd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I Any- find analysis paralysis. <laughs> Any, anything else on, on Eckler? 
No, I'm ready to move on. Uh, I mean, we we kind of flush it all out there. It's just how much people personally put stock into Spiller and Eckler's ability to repeat when he's one of the smaller backs in the league. He's on a great offense on a team and a conference that's going to score a whole heap and load of points or have to anyway to stay in game. So even if he loses some groundwork, it's, there's still plenty of work left. 20 touchdowns is not going to happen again. Hell no. Hell no. I was hoping you'd be firm on that line, though, and I could take the under, but it's all good. Let's move on to another, I think, 27-year-old running back this season in playoff Lenny. That's right. My guy, Lenny Fournette. Just trying to get under Alex's skin. Uh, Look, 2021 is over. Leonard Fournette won. He was a He's huge been under discount my skin for two years, just for the record. He so. was a huge discount in drafts last season because no one knew if he was going to split carries with Rojo. Uh, but playoff Lenny showed up and showed out last season after finishing. Yeah, you got lucky as hell. You didn't take a back running seven. back and then you threw a dart at Leonard for net and it worked. And I was so pissed in our league. Hashtag so analysis. Pissed. Third in running back targets. Third in running back receptions. Seventh in fantasy points per game. And guess what he did? He signed a three-year, $21 million contract with the Buccaneers, including $12 million guaranteed this offseason. And then he got fat. Oh, leave him alone. Ronald Jones? <laughs> <laughs> He's now fighting for usage in Kansas City. Yes, the Bucks drafted Rashad White this offseason, but who are we kidding? Uh, he is nothing more than a backup, in my opinion, and competition for Keyshawn Vaughn, who's probably a little bit of a bust. Um, the ball is going to the running back being paid $20-plus million to carry it, not a third-round rookie. Uh, currently being drafted, well, geez, is he, is he still going in the third round? Yeah, beginning of the third round, pick 25. God, that's obnoxious. Currently being drafted in the beginning of the third round. <laughs> Lenny is an absolute smash player of mine. I'm taking him in the second because he doesn't belong there either. Um, and someone I think can take you back to the promised land in 2022. And does anybody think that maybe some more Tom Brady dump offs are coming than usual if Godwin can't find a way to get onto the season in week one? He will. He's playing. Yeah, I don't know about that. But if Godwin, especially if Godwin misses any time, oh, Lenny, do it to me one time. Yeah, it seemed like he had more than 69 catches last year. Nice. I mean, didn't it? Like, it, it really... Yeah. Like when it, whenever you were watching, it was just like, oh, there's a Leonard Fournette catch. Like I was betting the over catches on him like every week, especially at the end of the season. He he was he was spectacular. Also, he well, he, I mean, he, he, had he missed week 16 through 19. OK, so that, that's part of the reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, 10, 10 total touchdowns last year, eight rushing, two receiving. 84 targets while missing uh, those three or four games. Yeah, he was great. And I don't understand why he's going in round three. He was running back seven last year. Why is he going so late? Why is he going so late? I don't get it. (sighs) They drafted Rashad White. Uh, So what? Change in coaching staff. 
running backs that are currently going above Leonard Fournette. Javante Williams, Barkley, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift. Obviously, uh, these are all wrong. And the guys we've talked about previously. And Kamara. Nobody knows what's going on with Kamara. So, yet. Yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, Lenny is a, one of the biggest values in drafts this season. I, I don't see any way for him to not return huge value from a third yeah, round I, ADP. I, I, I joked about him being fat, but he, he uh, looks he like lost he's fifteen pounds. Yeah, he's he's fine. So uh, don't he he should be drafted, and he's definitely a. Uh, a running back that that I'll be looking to try to snag, especially if he's going to be getting around three. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm snagging him in two, so you can sit and wait. Okay. <clears throat> that is it for Lenny. Let's move on because we got to get through some dudes. Next True. up at running back nine, we have Aaron Jones. He was tied for seventh in targets amongst all running backs last season with 65. And the it's going, pack going up, baby. Had the fifth most targets vacated in the NFL this yeah. offseason after the departures of both Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez Scantling, as Alex says. Among 200, almost 250 targets. I want to say it's so bad. Or 44% of the team's total targets last season are now up for grabs. Uh, and no, they are not all going to Christian Watson and Alan Lazard. Although Lizard King for life. Uh, I do like the <laughs> both of them more than most analysts, however, but we're not here to talk receivers right now. I believe that Aaron Jones could end up leading all running backs in targets this season, making yeah. him a value at his current ADP. AJ Dillon will be annoying at times. He will be on the field at the same time as Aaron Jones, but the volume is going to guarantee him an RB one finish this season. Yeah, I agree. He's um, going uh, at the end of the second right. round and a huge value is what he is. Yeah, right. Go and, go and pick 20. Uh, again, we have him at 9. ESPN has him at 13. Fantasy Pros has him at 10. We love the receiving aspect of his game. He's still one of the most electrifying players in the NFL. He loves playing against the Bears and the Lions, which he lights up annually, like hugely lights up. And he's playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback that doesn't have a ton of weapons, and he trusts Aaron Jones. There's yeah. not that much else to say about Aaron Jones. I think you're actually taking him at at his floor here. I I think he's I think he's primed to have a huge season. So yeah, I, Aaron Rodgers got to throw to someone and get the ball to someone, and they have limited playmakers besides Dylan and Aaron Jones. Absolutely. Why don't you tell us about our next running back, Alex? Yeah, can you believe that we have Ezekiel Elliott at ten? And ESPN has him at 20 and fantasy pros has him at 16 and his <laughs> ADP is in the end of, towards the end of the third round at pick 30. He's going in the middle of the third round. That's ridiculous. We, we have Aaron, we have Zeke at 10. I, I, I don't understand this. Everybody's out on Zeke. It, was it because he was terrible last year? Cause he was RB six. He was hurt the whole year. We're probably still too low on him at 10, maybe. But we're way the frick higher than everybody else. Since like 2018, 
who's RB5. 2019 was RB4. 2020 was RB11. Last year, RB6. And he's going as like the 15th plus running back. Like Jerry Jones has already come out saying, we're giving the ball to Zeke. They're paying him a ton of money. I don't get this at all. I, I don't I don't get why he's going so late. Yeah, I, I don't really have a whole lot to add. I mean, it's just people are wrong. People are down because of last season. Uh, and they're all going to pay because he still performed when he had like one and a half knees for <laughs> yeah, two like thirds he was hurt. of the season. He had, he had the seventh most carries last year. Yeah, on one and a half knees. So yeah, and and they you know Amari Cooper's gone. Like they're going to still have a very good high scoring offense and he should get even more goal line opportunities. I just, he had the ninth most catches last year and seventh most carries. And he's currently going as, as running back 15 or higher in almost every draft. That's stupid. Yeah. And last year it was like a whole clarity issue with the offense. It's like, Oh my God, there's so many mouths to feed. How on earth are we going to feed all these mouths in this offense? Yeah. You have Gallup and Cedric Wilson and what Cedric Wilson's gone. Gallup has already said he's not going to be healthy to start the season. So you're down to Dalton Schultz, CD lamb and Zeke. Amari's gone. Like it's going to be much clearly, much more clearly defined roles. Zeke's going to be a beast. I'm yeah, not and, even remotely worried. And we'd be remiss to not mention the fact that, yeah, of course, Tony Pollard's there. And you're like, well, Tony Pollard's a better running back than Zeke. And yeah, he might be. He's not. But but they're not going to give him more touches than Zeke. And Pollard was, you know, what, he was running back 26 last year? Like, come on, get it. Like, there's no world that, like, the only way that this happens is if Zeke gets hurt and he doesn't get hurt. He's only missed more than two games in a season once, and that was in 2017. Like he's he's a beast, and he he's going way too late. Yeah, I agree. He, I mean, all the I I am pumped for if if I do if I do go the cup or Jefferson in round one, you better believe I'm looking at Zeke Aaron Jones in round two. Right? Yeah, you could go cup Lenny. Uh, Zeke as yeah. an example. That'd be spicy. Or, All right. Yeah. Tell me about our next guy. Number 11. DeAndre Swift. Lions running back in, in the top 12. I hate it. I kind of do too. Tell me oh, about Reggie Bush running for a thousand yards that nobody did since Reggie Bush. And it was like, Hey, 87 I seasons was, ago. I was going to. No, please tell me. I love this. is it the was, best. It was 2013. <laughs> the last time a Lions running back rushed for over a thousand yards. I didn't even dye my hair in 2013. You dye it now? Yes, I have to. I'm. I have. I gray. You dye your hair? I'm. I didn't know that this was a revelation. Yeah, you're making Do me you feel really. It, you're making me feel insecure. Holy shit! We're we're an hour in on a run. Like, I didn't know that. That's well, wonderful. Yeah. I, I think we need to end the podcast and talk about this exclusively. <laughs> it's called color camo. 
and it just uh, weeds out the grays and turns them to not gray. So are there are there whites in your beard? Yes. Do you do you color that too? No, I refuse. Because where does it stop, Alex? If you color the hair, then she wants you to color the beard. And if you do those two things, then she wants to color your chest hair. And at some point, a man has to draw a damn line. Nobody does that. Nobody colors their chest hair, I'm do saying, they? I'm saying. I there's know. No, there's, there's no way that's a thing. And people there's shouldn't no do way. beards either. You got to embrace it. Well, you're not embracing it. I'm not embracing the top part. I embrace the beard. So you're, how, you're what, 31? Uh, I turn 33 next month. Silver Fox, Jason Shellcross. Wonderful. Yeah, Uh, this is. Oh, man, this makes me so happy. All right. um, So Reggie Bush, back when Jason didn't dye his hair in 2013. (laughs) (laughs) So happy. Um, So DeAndre Swift was running back nine the first 10 games until he got hurt. He had three or more catches in every game until he got hurt. And then he missed four games. He still ended up with the fourth most catches, fourth most uh, targets at the running back position during the year. Average 13th most points per game. We have him at 11. ESPN has him at eight. Fancy Pros has him at nine. He's currently going 13th. Um, Kind of, I would just say a little bit rich for my blood. Um, Yeah. but he's getting those catches. Game script is going to fit if they're checking down to him all the time. But they added more receiving weapons. Hawkinson's healthy, too. Um, I just I think it's really hard to have a Detroit Lions running back as your RB1. Yeah, it's brutal. He shouldn't be anybody's RB1. Until until proven otherwise, I, I just I know we have him at 11. But. I, it's rough. It's it's hard to justify him being your RB one. Yeah, that's that's a little hard. Uh, some another stud running back in a questionable offense. Next up, we have Saquon Barkley, and uh, as George Bush once said, "Fool me once, shame on shame on you. <laughs> Fool me, you can't you can't get fooled again, or something <laughs> like that." <laughs> Look, Saquon Barkley has been injured for the last two seasons. He's fooled a lot of people. He tore his ACL in 2020, and he looked remarkably different in his first year back post-injury. Now, two years removed from that injury, kind of digging the value for Saquon in 2022. The Joe Judge experience is over. What an experience it was. And Brian Dayball is now here to save the day. Hopefully we pray. Uh, Dable has pledged that he will get the ball get into it. Saquon's quads. I mean, hands with by whatever means necessary, including splitting him out wide as a receiver. May I remind you that Barkley had more than 90 catches and 120 plus targets as a freshman running back in the league for more than 700 receiving yards alone yeah. and four touchdowns. He's shown he's more than capable of producing through the air. I will take those kinds of numbers in 22 at his current, what was it, end of the second round, beginning of the third round, ADP? Yeah, going 22nd ADP-wise. That's delicious. Um, So, yeah, I will take that and then take Zeke immediately afterwards, and I'll see you in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, he's a guy... And we're kind of remembering this now when it comes to like Jake, 
like J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, right, where running backs coming off of an ACL injury, you kind of got to give them a gear to like yeah. get fully right, and then they're Unless back. Unless you're Adrian and Peterson. He doesn't – he's just a robot. Yeah. So Saquon tore his ACL in 2020. Uh, Saquon was playing for one of the worst offenses in football and one of the worst offensive coaches in football last Thank year. Thank you for not sparing the coach. I, I do appreciate that. I mean, Joe Judge that has a lot to do horrific. with it. He was horrific. And and I do have some hope for this offense uh, between Barkley and I don't think Daniel Jones is as bad as he's shown. And they still have Tony and Galladay and Sterling. Sh- like they have weapons on this offense. Yeah. And that division doesn't really scare me all that much from a defense perspective. Like I think, you know, I think you, I think the Giants are going to be better than than people think they are going to be this year. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're going to find a way to get the ball into Saquon's hands, and Saquon was the most, maybe not the most electric, but he was one of the most electric players in football his first year, and he hasn't been since because he's just been on shitty teams. So we're hoping that, please, for the love of God, Brian Dable, bring a good offense to New York, and let's see what Saquon can do in a in a fun, exciting offense. Yes. That does it. That's that's the breaks. Them's the breaks. That's all 12 of the fantasy football Sacco's consensus running back ones for the 2022 season. We should start tracking our predictions and see how we end up at the end of the season. But um, man, I'm, I'm pumped I think we this. get every single player right every year we've done. Yeah, this. I, I, that's <laughs> I mean, obviously. Um, yep. Before we do let you go, I do want to again remind you all to keep an eye out for the fantasy football Sacco sheet. Uh, it is the only thing that you need this season to sheet on your <laughs> league mates. Uh, and yes, I'm going to use that as a verb, probably as an adjective too. Yeah, sheet on everyone. <clears throat> yeah, Alex, you have a really sheety personality today. Um, see, adjective. <laughs> It has everything you need. It has all of our sleepers. It has by position rankings, tiered rankings, all that and more. Sleepers, busts, just everything. Everything you could look for. Not to mention, again, links to more than 150 individual player videos that we have recorded and posted on a playlist that you only get access to through the Sacco sheet. So it's wonderful. It is uh, wonderful. Jason, before we go, did you want to talk about Deshaun Watson? Uh, the arbiter suspended him for six games. Uh, we're recording this on August 1st. Uh, it looks like, or it seems like at least the NFL is going to appeal that or basically Goodell is going to try to suspend him longer or slap a fine on him. Um, more to come over the next day or two. But he got six games, provided that that uh, happens. Uh, where does Deshaun fall uh, in our rankings? We kind of have him at the bottom of like tier three, right? Yeah. Um, so his ranking for us already has that suspension banked in, baked yep. into it. Um, you know... If, if you guys purchase the Sacco sheet, uh, I talk about it a little. I, I don't talk about it a little bit. I talk about it explicitly in the Sacco sheet. But basically, he is going at 
or he will go in one of the last two rounds of every fantasy draft. And I have full I confidence. I think it'll go sooner than that. You think so? Even with the six game suspension? Yeah. Uh, People are going to be looking at all the shitty players that are left and be like, eh, just give me Deshaun. It, it is. Like people start taking defenses early. Like you should take Deshaun. <laughs> If it stays at six games, which is what it is right now, if it stays at six games, I could I could see that because I I, I don't think he goes in the single digit rounds. At least he shouldn't with a six game. Suspension. I agree with that. Um, so I think he's still regardless ten plus. But I think you know we have him at thirteen. He's a top five, top six quarterback. If he plays, combine him with Jameis. So you hold an extra quarterback for the first six weeks while Deshaun's or even suspended. like Tua or Matt Ryan or Tan, yeah, any of those like, dudes, Derek Carr, just anybody. whatever. Yeah. yeah, for six weeks, and I think that you have a composite quarterback that is lower than quarterback five, which is what Deshaun would be if he played every game, and higher than quarterback thirteen, which is where Deshaun is currently going. So I think you can get away with right. it and still have at the end of the day what amounts to like a middle of the pack quarterback for the length of the season. But after the first six weeks, I mean, you're getting that guy. He's a top five quarterback every season. He's played from start to finish on average. You know, he's very consistent. So the one thing I will say is that after judge Sue Robinson's decision to suspend Watson for six games was made public, the NFL sent a note to its staff And in it, the NFL assured staff that it, quote, stands against domestic violence and sexual assault of all forms. So, you know, there's going to be a litmus test to what that means. Glad they clarified that stance. Good job by them. Yeah, good job by them. But they have a chance in the next few days to put actions behind those words. Appeal. Fine. What have you. So the NFLPA put out a preliminary statement prior to the issuance, basically saying, you know, we agree to this. And yeah, because I knew it wasn't going to be that much. Yeah. Um, Um, What I I was just going to say, let the record show that I am a man of the people uh, of this podcast. I I like to think I'm the, I'm the people's voice uh, and, and try to live out, uh, what the people want me to do. So in the past, if you've, if you're a longtime listener, uh, I've gone down to Memphis to find out what's in the water down in Memphis of why Memphis running backs are doing what they're doing. And so I want the listeners to know that I went and got a massage today and I didn't sexually assault anybody and it wasn't that hard. Deshaun Watson is a terrible human being. And he should have been suspended for longer than six games. I hope they slap a massive fine on him. He's awful. He's he's like a he's a serial yeah. sexual assault bird. Like he's he's a terrible human. And it's it's really hard to separate him from the fancy football aspect that we're talking about. Yeah, that's the thing is like I don't know. It's it's just something that I guess we deal with, but it's like it's it's hard to root for scumbags, right? Yeah, right. And just because we rank him higher than other dudes doesn't mean that we like have any sort of personal opinion about him as a person as being. But like, neither of one of us really enjoy 
having to deal with this, but it's just what it is right now. And uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, scumbag of the day. Congratulations. What a sack of sheet he is. Yeah. What a, what a sheet head. Um, all right, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening to the RB ones podcast. Uh, please hit us up if you guys disagree, like anything, uh, and then also be on the look for the Sacco sheet, which should be posted sometime in the next week on our website. Uh, we have uh, it's really great content, quite frankly, and it's the easiest way. It's I mean, hell, you stuck around with this podcast for an hour and ten minutes at this point that you can spend literally you know, two hours listening to our take on every single player, be fully prepared for your draft. And we're going to update that ba- bad boy uh, at some point before the draft. And we're going to try to resend it out to everybody um, that, that buys it, or at least that's what I want to do. So we'll, we'll figure out a way to get it to you if you buy it and you can get our updated rankings uh, before uh, the drafts go live. It's it's pretty current with information, but um, we just want to make sure if we do update any rankings that you guys get those so that you can be as successful as possible. And also, it's August. Make sure to get on your commis- commissioner's ass to schedule those drafts if it hasn't happened already. It is by far and away my favorite day of the year uh, to hang out with a bunch of friends, have have a couple drinks, and make fun of each other while we'll pick in some, some players that uh, you're going to have to look at on your team for the next four months that you hope don't suck or get hurt. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FF Sackos.